Week 16 from the whiteboard. A little message. It's kind of a, an insight into my own heart and uh, maybe into yours as we kind of look at this model. Um, you know, uh, we have people in life that we have to, as Christians, choose to love. Um, even, and I'm going to go through those and, and what it kind of looks like. And I happen to be somebody who people have to choose to love in life. I, I go to the gym and people are there and they have to choose to love me or not. And, and, or I engage with somebody at the grocery store or in family, whatever it is, people are looking at me and deciding, am I going to love him or not? And I do the same thing. And so we have kind of who we choose to love. And let's work, you know, we have way out here on the, and this star is who we love. That's who we love. Okay, the star. This is who we choose to love. That means it's, a, it's an act. It's a volition of the will. It's saying, I don't necessarily enjoy them, like them, want to hang out with them, but I am going to choose to love them. And so we have society. And that's brutal. You know, you look around the world and, and we, we have to say, am I going to love that idiot? Am I going to love that person who, is, I don't know who they are. I'll never see them again. They have just cut in front of the line. I mean, I can't, you know, stand this society around me, right? So that is somebody that we have to choose to love, people in that. And then we go to our workplace. We are, we don't pick our, typically, we don't pick people that we labor with. You go and you get a job digging ditches and you show up to work and, and you're handed a shovel and you're with five other people who are also digging ditches. And in that, you are having to choose to get along, to love. And in the Christian sense, to show agape love. That means to be long-suffering, patient, kind, uh, merciful, all those fruit of the spirit kinds of love that we choose to do with these people in these areas of our life. We then have neighbors. You know, we typically don't choose our neighbors. They're people that we are just kind of thrown into having to live next door to or across the street from. And neighbors are pretty tough. I mean, they can, then you're, you're kind of living with them, right? They are bringing out when they take the trash out, how they start their car in the morning, how they, their habits. Do they go out in the front lawn and drink beer and throw the bottles? I mean, it's all these factors about getting along and choosing to love. And so we are kind of, imp it's kind of imposed upon us. And as Christians, God says, you love neighbor as self. And so it really pushes us into this, into this way of life that uh, many people just don't understand. Many people naturally do. I want to get along with my neighbor. It's easier, etc. And they'll love their neighbor to a certain extent. And I get it. But to the Christian, it's imposed upon us to choose to love them, not to naturally love them, but to choose to love them in spite of their differences. And I have to admit, this is hard stuff. This is hard for me. I'm not, I'm not, you know, a lover of strangers. So it's very difficult. And then we go and, you know, we go to church and many people think, well, the church is here so we can learn to love other people. 
I suggest that we have plenty of opportunities in life to love other people. That church isn't the place where we get to work out how we love. I think church often is the place where we learn how to fake love. So I'm putting it here though, because a lot of people, because you're like-minded in the church you go to, you believe you love them a little bit more and therefore there's a reason to love them that's outside of the choice. You know, you believe in the same God, you, you believe in the same tenets of the faith. So church is in there, but we're getting close to what we love as the closer we get to this star in the middle uh, rather than what we choose to love. These are choices, but now we're starting to get to what we kind of love more naturally. After church, uh, we have those people that we associate with in hobbies and stuff. And, and so, you know, you might belong to a car club or you might play volleyball uh, on the beach or, or, or you might go to a bar and, and have drinking buddies or play canasta. I don't know. But these are people you have even more in common with. It's not just religious tenets. It's a hobby or a lifestyle that you enjoy because they enjoy it too. It's a little easier to love them. It's less of a choice. It's closer to the heart. And then we have uh, friends. And we have family. And these are really close to what we love, but we're still choosing. You see, friends aren't, aren't perfect. And we might have friends from our childhood who are very different in every way, but we love them because of so many shared experiences. We are brought into families, you know, and, and you have siblings and, and some you might really, really, really love from the heart. That's not a choice. It's you love them maybe because you're related genetically or how they are. And some of them you have to kind of choose to love them. In fact, often that's the case. It's, it's almost even more difficult sometimes. You might even move family out here because sometimes family, you have to choose to love them when the reality is they don't deserve it, okay? So I just wanted to bring in that spectrum of, of, of this choice of loving for us. But I wanted to, I said this was kind of personal for me. I wanna take out right here, and I'm just gonna erase this part so there's room on the board. So I just want to take this part right here and expose to you who I don't have to choose to love, but who I personally, naturally love. There's almost no choice in it. I really appreciate and love these things about people. All right? And maybe yours is different. But for me... I choose to love, I don't choose, I mean, I naturally love people of faith. I'm not making this up. When I meet somebody who's really, truly has faith, that, that they're going through hell and they look to God and they're trying to, to, they're choosing to have faith, that's a choice. When someone chooses to have faith, that's somebody I love from the heart. This should be a heart, not a star. I love them from the heart. They have, I am more impressed with them than I am with someone who's made millions, someone who's powerful, someone who's attractive. People of faith, uh, it is just an unbelievable, unbelievably attractive trait 
that I don't have to choose to love them. I ought to, and I'm not saying, talking about said faith. I'm not talking about people who say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus all the time. I am talking about people who really, truly walk by faith. And that leads me to the other thing. They are profoundly people who are profoundly humble. I mean, that is one of the most beautiful things in the world in a person. Somebody who is of faith and someone who's humble. Uh, I don't know why I like humble people. Maybe it's so that I can, my ego can thrive better in their uh, 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 circumstance that I can be the hero and they're just all humble. Maybe I like them for that. I don't know, but humble people, people who are like, man, you know, it's, it's, I really, you know, love God and he has given me everything and I, I am not worthy for his blessings. And it's not rote humility. It's not feigned humility. It's genuine and heartfelt. I don't have any problem. Automatically, I love them. I don't have to choose it at all. You create your own list of what you love. The next thing for me is they are merciful. It's, it's just so attractive that when someone confronts somebody who deserves punishment, deserves to be wounded or criticized or, and someone extends mercy to them. That's one of the most attractive traits in the world. You know, and, and, and in terms really of a, a, a attraction like to the opposite sex, these things are the most beautiful. It's not the exterior stuff because you gotta still choose to love an attractive person. But when someone from the heart is of faith and they're humble and they're merciful, that is such a beautiful trait and uh, not easy to develop. So when people possess it, it's amazing. I love when they're not totally about this world. Now, I don't mind people who, who like nice things. I don't like people who, uh, I, I love people who like art and I love people who are creative and I love people who like fashion. Uh, I'm just talking about people who don't set their sights on that alone. That's repulsive to me. I have to choose to love them. But uh, somebody who is like, yeah, you know, it's, it's not that big of a deal. You know, whatever that happens, uh, you know, uh, oh, I, I spilled grape juice on my, you know, a child. Uh, there's, a, there's a woman drinking a glass of wine and a child comes and hits her arm and it spills on, on her new uh, Hermes silk blouse. She loses it. She's not merciful. She's not humble. She loses it over the body. That man is just, I have to choose to love them, right? But if, if they are not of this world, they'd be like, oh, it's just a shirt, you know? It's okay, Junior. You didn't mean to do that. Merciful, not of this world. They aren't centered on the materialism of this world. And I love people, there's two more, who are generous with life. I don't mean necessarily with money, uh, but people who are generous with money are, are really some, uh, something good that I love because it shows they don't, they're not of this world, right? They're willing. And, and, and I deal with a lot of very cheap people. So you know a cheap person and you know that money is their everything. And so you can see it. I naturally love people who are generous, but not uh, with money first and foremost, with life. They're generous with their time. They're generous with their help. 
They're generous with their heart, with a listening ear. They're generous to try to improve the lives of others. And when you see that, um, it warms my heart. Well, I don't have to choose to love them. I love them. In the years of doing ministry over the years, uh, it's been fascinating to me of how many people who don't have much have come and gone and how they're treated. I have seen on countless times, or at least dozen times, of people who are outcasts, who don't have really a nice place to live or a place to live, asking other people for rides. And in a, in a group, I'll, I'll hear them or I'll watch them. Hey, can I have a ride to this place? And people just, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. And, you know, asking someone for a ride, it imposes upon their time, their generosity. And people who willingly will embrace others. Now, I'm not saying that everyone should do that. There's dangers in this world. Women shouldn't probably do it. This is just saying as an example, generosity of life is what it is generosity of life, or, or even taking the time to try to improve somebody's life, you know, gathering them and, and whatever it is, something to help increase their life through generosity. And finally, I love those who don't judge or condemn, really, others. That kind of goes in with mercy. But if you show me somebody who is abundant in faith, humble, merciful, not of this world, generous with life, and they don't condemn the negative actions of others, and you've got, in my case, my whole heart, my whole heart toward that person, you know? I don't have to choose to love them for a second, right? Because they embody these traits that I believe are really of the most value in a human being. You can strip away all their money, looks, fame, power. If they have these things, that is my personal, and it's just me, and, and I think it really accords with scripture, and it might be I have these because I've spent so much time in scripture and learned I didn't used to. Let me tell you something. When I'm in my flesh, I used to like the opposite of this. No faith, arrogant, unkind, totally worldly, uh, um, not generous and condemnatory on others. That's how I am in my flesh. So this is, this is the great thing now. And the other thing about that is it causes me to have to choose to love people who are the opposite of these things. So this is where the extremes come. If I find somebody who is faithless and arrogant and unkind and doesn't give anybody the benefit of the doubt and is of this world and is, uh, is uh, greedy or tight with life and everything that they're about and condemns everybody, I have to choose to love them with all I've got. So it works both ways. You know, I naturally from the heart love this, but when people fail and they go over to this, I still have to make that Christian choice to love them. So that's how it works. We have the people and places and things that we love in others automatically. That requires no work. That's something that's natural to us. But boy, when people go the opposite way of what our heart naturally loves, that's when your Christianity really shows itself. And it does take time and it does take trusting the Lord, surrendering, being broken when you fail at it. And we all do that. 
But just wanted to share that with you today. Love you guys.